Hey everyone, Jay here. I just wanted to say that we've got some really cool artwork for this episode, so you're going to want to click through to the show notes to check out the full version of the image, which we'll be showing in your podcatcher right now. Our thanks go out to Yuri Keynes on Twitter for working with us to create this piece of art. Anyway, on with the show. I'm ready. Let's do this. Squinch, squinch. Why are you dressed like that? We're not doing a Castlevania episode. Why not? No, it's a... Not Castlevania! No, Final Fantasy slash, like, Distant Worlds or something like that. Final Fantasy? You didn't tell me this. Yeah, I did. Did you? Yeah, you're going to have to change your costume. Yeah, no. What do you mean, no? Um, I'll, I'll stay dressed as this. I'll keep the whip. It'll keep you under control, I think. Plus the looks I was getting in the shop when I went to go buy it was just... I'm not going back. Not anyway, Lulu's here. Hello, Lulu. Hey, guys. Hello. Welcome to another episode of the Waffling Tailors podcast. Um, I am one of your hosts, Kaprogman, and with me as always, it's hashtag Hello Squidgy. Say hello Squidgy. Hello Squidgy. And it's hashtag Hello Lulu. Say hello Lulu. Hello Lulu. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, just for the folks who might be tuning in the first time, we are the Waffling Tailors. That is uh, me and Squidgy are the Waffling Tailors. For brothers. our sins. That's it. We are the Waffling Tailors for our sins. We talk about video games. We talk about video game related stuff. We talk about all sorts of things like that. And um, that's what we do. We usually just talk incessantly. That's why we've adopted the waffling bit at the, uh, the beginning. But with us this week, as I said earlier on, is good friend Lulu. Hey. Yes. Uh, Lulu's been on a couple of times now. We've talked uh, Final Fantasy. We've talked Final Fantasy. And <laughs> hot, hot Trash Daddy. And yeah, and The Witcher My 3. Hot yeah. Trash Daddy. <laughs> Yes, that's it, yes. That's that's my new text message tone, by the way. <laughs> Once I've edited it out, yeah, it will be, yeah. Yeah, it will be. <laughs> oh, God, that'd be great. Especially for me, though. Just text you randomly and be just like, my heart trash daddy. <laughs> Who's that? Lou? Don't ask. <laughs> I'm being summoned. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, um, yes, yeah, so uh, we usually talk nonsense about video games. We've got a couple of things we're going to talk about. Um... Today, I thought that since, you know, it's it's no secret, I guess, that Lulu has recently been to uh, Distant Worlds over in uh, in Capital City. And, uh, I thought in Midgar. Midgar, that's right, yeah. You went to Midgar to see uh, Distant Worlds, didn't you? Yeah, I did. It was really good. Yeah, I thought maybe we could talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe we could talk about... So, since we last talked, a lot of things have happened. Uh, I went to Japan. We've done episodes on that. But the most important thing is that the Final Fantasy VII Remake trailer dropped. But we're not talking the teaser trailer that they released back in the early days of the PS3. We're talking an actual trailer. Problem is that uh, Squidgy hasn't seen it yet. You told me not to. Yes. We intentionally told Squidgy not to watch it in the hopes that he could watch it this time and uh, maybe watch it and give us his thoughts live as he's watching it. I got a minute. I distinctly remember sending you a tweet when you was, when you announced that you were going to Japan again, to, telling you to bring me back goodies. I have yet to be told about said goodies or receive said goodies. Did you forget about me, Jane? 
Is that what our friendship has boiled down to? You have forgotten about me. (laughs) (laughs) Is he doing that awkward turtle thing that he does? (laughs) Yes, he is, actually. (laughs) The, oh no... (laughs) I'm in trouble. <laughs> Fierce, yeah. So far, I've seven. <laughs> God damn it! Many pretties. Okay, I'll I'll figure something out. Um, <laughs> um, but yes, so we thought Final Fantasy VII, uh, Distant Worlds. Maybe have a quick chat on remakes in general, like how we feel about them. Um, I know the arcade attack dudes did an episode recently. Where they talked about the Resident Evil 2 remake and um, like the the feelings behind that and feelings behind um, remakes in general and uh, they quite quite nicely quoted me on the episode. Um, essentially, I'd said that I mean we'll cover it later on, but essentially the way I feel about it is as long as it's done with care and attention to it rather than just being a cash cow, mm-hmm. then I'm perfectly okay with that. Perfectly fine with it. As long as it's done with the care and attention that it needs, rather than quick, let's just re-release it, stick another... Like all of the games that came out when the PS4 came out that were the HD remaster, that were just the PS3 game, but formatted for PS4. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, in my opinion, not how it should be done. No. So that's, that's nice for you. I just got quoted saying that... Well, I just got mentioned saying I was a nutter on Silent Hill. That's nice, isn't it? I mean, you are, so uh, what's the problem? I oh, know, but you got quoted. I was just told I was a nutter. You are a nutter, though. He's not wrong. I mean, you're right. He is not wrong. But... Confirmed. Not wrong. <laughs> also, confirmed. He's a nutter. It, it, well, put it this way. If I wasn't related to him, I'd be scared for life right now. Oh. Uh, Most people are scared for life by me anyway, just by yeah, yourself. Yeah, It's the beard. Doing that turtle thing, apparently. <laughs> it's that, that worried turtle face, yeah. It's the beard most of the time. It's what puts people off. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. So, uh, yes. Wow. So, the, <laughs> just to catch new, new listeners up. Um, so, we've talked about who we are. So, what we usually do is we usually talk about video games and video games related stuff. We do have a usual set of sort of um, topics that we discuss. So, what have you been playing recently? Um, you know, uh, stuff like that. Why don't we either start with Squidge or start with Lulu? We talk about the games we've been playing recently. So, do you want to go first? We start with the guests. Okay, so Lulu, uh, since you were last on, maybe two or three games that you've been playing since you were last around? What have you been playing? I mean, it should come as no surprise that. (laughs) Stop it, you. That Final (laughs) Fantasy XIV is on the top of the list. And that's because in literally about four weeks from now, we will be going into the new expansion Shadowbringers, so it's prep time. <laughs> so yeah, I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy XIV. Funnily enough, it's actually just come back to Final Fantasy XIV. For those not in the know, that is my real life other half. He's come back and is plugging his way through content. What else have I been playing? I have been playing a lot of Two Point Hospital on Steam. I have heard a lot of good things about that game. It's great. I mean, if you're a fan of the original theme hospital, you are going to love this. I just love some of the ailments, like um, your head turning into a light bulb. Oh. You believe you're a, you're a yeah, Freddie Mercury. Yeah, mock um, Is one way you turn into a chicken or something? Haven't got there yet. For me, it's the illnesses, but it's also the lady on the intercom. You know, she used to say, like... Patients are reminded not to die in the corridor. 
does. <laughs> She's got a lot more stuff to say now, but on top of like you getting the random intercoms from her, they've also got a radio station, Two Point Radio, and it is just absolutely hilarious. Like it's constantly going in the background. So like you'll have the music playing and then it will stop and you'll get your radio DJ and they'll just say stuff that are completely off the wall. And it just adds to the experience of what used to be Theme Hospital. So if you've ever played Theme Hospital and you've got nostalgia for it, I highly recommend playing it. It is great. Absolutely great. I remember looking at a, a tweet that the B put out because he, he played it when he first came out. Mm-hmm. And he said um, one of the one of the visitors to his uh, his hospital in Two Point Hospital it was, um, was so impressed that they took a dump in the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just there and people were moving around it and a janitor came out and cordoned it instead of cleaning it up so there was a cordon tape around it nice <laughs> I like it he must have been the managing director <laughs> <laughs> probably game number three what else have I been playing I'm not ashamed to admit it I have been playing The Sims 4 on PlayStation 4 I like doing that just to talk to The Sims see it's one of those games and this is how I've reasoned it to f- and he laughed at me for asking him to pick it up for me when it was released was that it's one of those games that you can just randomly pick up and binge play it and then you can put it down for six months and forget about it it's not got any you know unless you are a dedicated oh what do they call people that are dedicated to the sims who literally that's all they play i can't remember the name for them but unless, they have a name? Yeah, there's like a nick. They like they have this name for themselves. I did read up on it and I've totally forgotten and now I'm going to sound really dumb. But either way, unless you're the kind of person that literally The Sims is all you play and all you do and you're more of a casual Sims fan, it's perfect to just binge play and take a break from like whatever your main games are. So, like, for me, my main game is Final Fantasy XIV. As you can imagine, every now and again, I get a little bit burned out on it. So, games like The Sims, I also quite like binging the Harvest Moon series. Because, again, you can pick them up, you can play them for a little while, and then you can put them back down and forget about them for a while. But they're always just going to be there. There's none of this need to log in daily for login bonuses or daily rewards that you know like for example like with the sims like send your sim to work consistently for a week kind of reward you know what i mean like a daily and weekly goals type thing yeah so it's good that you can just pick it up play it for a little bit do something else put it down go back to your main game or your main series of games more refreshed Mm -hmm. so that's why i enjoy games like that you know the little pick up and plays would you like me to tell you how I like to torture my Sims? Please do. So what I do is I, I buy a plot of land and I create one room. Uh-huh. What I do is I make it uncomfortably small and I put a fridge, a worktop counter, right, with um, a sink and just enough room to prep the food and a microwave. But in the same room, I put a toilet, a bed and a shower. Now, the problem is... People will eat the food and prepare the food, but they're too embarrassed to do any of the other three around each other. And they end up just fighting each other in the kitchen. It's hilarious. It takes about, in-game time, about three hours before they're arguing. And then ten minutes after that, one person throws a fist and then they're all at it. Oh, man. I actually remember um, I was kind of streaming The Sims 
and there was someone in our household that we really didn't like because we were sort of like you know because because I was streaming it we ended up like you know playing it together in a way and there was someone in our household that we didn't really like but they made a lot of money selling their books that they'd written because of the royalties so we um (laughs) we essentially buried them in the garden we like built an underground plot like again like you just enough room for them to have a bed toilet shower little kitchen and an area to work and he was allowed up once a week to publish all of the books that he'd written and then back down in his (laughs) hole (laughs) there's probably people listening to this going this girl needs help like professionally (laughs) get back down in your hole you fucking it puts the lotion on the face <laughs> the lotion in the basket. Oh, okay, lotion. The basket. Puts the lotion on his skin unless he gets the hose again. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? You're a sim. Shut up and do what I say. <laughs> Go fight the social bunny. You know. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, that's what we did to a sim. <laughs> so yours seems pretty tame in retrospect. <laughs> Well, actually, no. When I got the first Sims game, what I did was I paused the game and I put a square box around them so they couldn't move. Then death turned up, then I moved the square box and they ran away from death. And I, I saw them run away from death when he turned up, but in my head I could hear the Benny Hill music. <laughs> it's, it was hilarious, and I sped it up as well. well. As soon as I found out you could speed it up, I was running away from death. I was in stitches. Oh, God. There's hours of entertainment in The Sims, honestly. It's really weird. <laughs> if you know what to do, yeah. Yeah. Especially having three sims in a small square, too embarrassed to do anything apart from eat. What happens is one person will fall asleep in the bed and the other three will collapse on the floor. Uh, yeah, and they'll be just like, I need to sleep. <laughs> That's so stupid. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me feel intelligent. I am in your intelligent god. And I have a wicked sense of humour. <laughs> 100% certified. Sims are stupid. Fact. You had it here. Edgar is bootylicious. Fact. <laughs> so yeah, sorry about getting on that little tangent about The Sims, but yes, I have been mostly playing fourteen because, as I said, in a, in a few short weeks, we will be in the third expansion for Final Fantasy fourteen known as Shadowbringers, and I am personally extremely excited for it because. <laughs> so you're basically you're doomsday prepping for a couple of weeks yeah because uh there's two new classes coming one is dancer the other one is called gunbreaker and if you're wondering why that might sound familiar yes it is based on final fantasy 8's squall leonhardt's gunblade i don't know whether you can hear that listeners but uh squidgy let out a massive eye roll then <laughs> look listen <laughs> <laughs> How long have you known me? You know that Final Fantasy VIII is my favourite. So yeah, I will be picking up Gunbreaker. I will be braving the world of Eorzea and the first and p- trying to tank. <laughs> well, you know, you get better in time, or if not, at least you've got a gunblade. Exactly. I will be living my squally and heart extra life in that game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about you, Squidge? What have you been playing recently? Looking around aimlessly. Uh, I've been... I started and finished the new season on Diablo 3 for exclusive goodies, which didn't take me long. Mm. Um, I've been playing... I trapped myself to um, Resident Evil Zero on the Switch. Of course you did. 
and the Castlevania collection on the Switch, hence the intro. Yes. Um, but apart from that, I've been uh, playing a bit of Borderlands 2 on the PS4. Mm-hmm. Now that I know what I'm doing on it. Mm-hmm. You still have the shouty, sweary Australian gun? That's well. It, it is a it's a collection of games I'm playing. That's the pre sequel set in space. Ah, right. See, um, this know. is Borderlands Two. Right, I see. The, the one set before that, and I'm I'm playing as a, a gunzerker class, which is a guy who can dual wield guns yes. and shoot ballistically. Um, and in one of the DLCs, he describes himself as um, a, what is it? A hairy knuckle with teeth, <coughs> because he's the top half of his body is normal size, but his legs are shorter. Right. And when you flip into his his gun circle mode, because he's 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 not a, a native English speaker, he says some really weird stuff. Also, I've been collecting like certain heads for it and what have you, and just killing bosses in seconds. That's, that's all I've been doing basically. Okay. So, what's on the um, Castlevania collection then? Um, Castlevania for the NES, Castlevania Simon's Quest, which is Castlevania 2 for the NES, Castlevania 3 for the NES, you've got Super Castlevania 4, which was a SNES game, you've got Castlevania Adventure 1 and Castlevania Adventure 2, and Belmont's Revenge, which are Game Boy games, you've got Castlevania Bloodlines, which is a Mega Drive game, and you've got something else. Oh, Kid Dracula, which is a NES game, yes. which didn't come out with Japan, where you played as Dracula's, either Dracula's kid or Dracula's offspring, and you get a digital collector's edition book. But one of the cool things is when you pause it, you can change a filter on the game, so you can make it look, you can make it be really smooth or make it look like original graphics. You can make it look like a CRT monitor. You can have scan lines. You can do all sorts. I'm playing that with a, a wireless GameCube controller, which has got the N64. Um, control stick problem where it moves every so often so you're trying to jump along and your character just suddenly goes left and dies mm-hmm. you know it's always fun uh, but I've, I've just been doing that you been playing any more of the Resident Evil 2 board game recently? I know that you and I like to play it every now and again <laughs> yeah we uh, we like doing impossible things on there or attempting to um, we recently went through the entire campaign but putting all the extras in mm-hmm. including um, there's a level with the alligator Okay. And it consists of one person is running away from the alligator in a circle room, mm-hmm. like a donut room, and the water's gradually increasing, mm-hmm. which makes your movements a lot less. And the, the alligator can move more the more water that's in there, apparently, I think. And the other character's got to um, slow down the water and get the key to open the door so you can get out. All the time, the alligator's catching up to you in its class as a boss. So one character's fighting and trying to stay alive from a around a boss while the other one's running through a facility trying to uh, kill zombies and find keys and stuff mm. that was quite cool and um, you know what we're going to have to do I've said it a few times but we're going to have to figure out a way of um, streaming you and Ike and maybe me and Chief Problems playing a game of this because we keep describing it and it that, is loads of fun that would be good but Ike would never be on it Ike would be on it well, that's all right. You don't have to be on it. You can be sort of sat off to the side. You can shout door. directions from a, a distance. Yeah, from from a great distance. If so you, you could just like have it focused on the the board itself, and then you could all that's wear like thinking, yeah. you know, like whoever doesn't want to be on stream, they can just wear like fancy gloves. <laughs> oh, like like a potato sack over the head or something. Yeah, yeah. just wear a disguise. <gasps> we could all dress up as characters like bad guys from the Resident Evil canon. So we could have the dude with the bag on his head and a chainsaw. Doctor Salvador. That's the one, Doctor Salvador, and. Oh, well, you had the plan before of getting us all lab guts, didn't you? Hmm. And, like, blood stains up them. 
Whether yeah, be really and I wear sunglasses enough. inside like a douchebag, like Wesker. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Yeah. All acquired from his bar in Raccoon City, the shady douche. <laughs> but that's, that's my conspiracy <laughs> theory. Douche. That's, that's my conspiracy theory about the first game. You know, you remember that on the lost yeah. episode with our kids, that guys. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that goes all the way back to um, we recorded an episode with some of the dudes from Arcade Attack, and um, during the edit process, when I was editing it, uh, we lost the files. Essentially, my uh, my laptop that I used to edit everything with, kind of, well, how would you explain it? What do you say, flash rack? Yeah, had a flash rack, and went, yeah, and then all the files weren't readable now. Yeah, and like wiped the hard drive at the same time. It's really annoying. Hmm. But there you go. So we confirmed we have a lost episode. I'm sure that if we asked the argument, I had two conspiracy theories, didn't I? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I can't remember one of them, and I'm not going into it because uh, that involves implying that the first Resident Evil game was based on a reality TV show gone wrong. Yes. Yes. So yeah, we're gonna have to figure that out. I think, um, and maybe we can get. I'm sure we can get like a, a streaming camera, and. Just get a some kind of frame to a rig. points, yeah, points directly down on the board or something. We can figure it out. It's not I'll problem. put it on the list of purchases, shall we? Well, yeah, and then expense it, and we're done. Sorted. <laughs> but yeah, what have I been playing? Is that all you've been playing, Switch? Pretty much. Okay, so what have I been playing? Um, Sonic Team Racing. That was only last night, though, and it's yeah. Team Sonic Racing. Sorry, Team Sonic. Racing. I keep getting the wrong way around because there's Sonic Team Racing and Team Sonic Racing. Mm. Because you know, let's let's not make a game series that's confusing. And let's see the problem with. Here we go. The problem with karting games, right, is that they are all Mario Kart. It doesn't matter what characters are in it. The gameplay is essentially exactly the same as Mario Kart. And the gameplay of Mario Kart is you start in last place, and it takes you until the final lap to get it to first place. And for some reason, even though you're going full tilt, you're not hitting anything, you're not smashing into anything, all of the other characters go racing past you like they're on elastic bands tied to the back of your car. Or you get hit with that game's version of the blue tortoiseshell, and you lose in the last possible second. I hate Big the Cat. Big the Cat can go suck at Joe, it's that simple. He, um, the, in, in Team Sonic Racing, your characters are... Because you, you play as a team. As you and two of the characters, you play as a team. And it consists of... You've got your speed character, your technique character, and your power character. Mm-hmm. The speed character is supposed to go ballistically fast and try and get in front. Your technique character in, in Team Sonic Racing collects all the rings because they are drawn to him. So he goes faster via that. Your power character is supposed to be like your wall. Mm-hmm. And they're supposed to be the slowest. Mm-hmm. And Big the Cat is basically a cat who likes to fish and he's, he's a bit slow, let's put it that way. And um, he's he's not supposed to be a good driver and I'm playing a Sonic in his blinged up pretentious car that's just solid gold yes. with all the best stuff and I'm going full tilt and Big out of nowhere just comes flying by me. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I call bull on that one, really. But yep. uh, yeah, yep. I've, I've never had more hatred to all cats in my life playing that game <laughs> especially big purple cats I don't like purple anyway but you know but m- most of the house I live in is purple <gasps> that sounds perfect I love purple what a big purple cat in a purple house I love purple purple's my favourite colour purple rain purple rain yeah we'll probably get a DMC a takedown for that yeah thanks for that yeah yeah well says you you're sat there drinking purple monster so you mentioned it. I was just it's, drinking it in the background. Velvet-flavoured monster. And no, it doesn't taste like purple carpet. To be honest, though, the purple-flavoured monster is the best. Yeah, right, I'll agree to that. Because it doesn't taste like the other ones, where it's like that acrid, sugary, 
caffeinated taste. Perfume. Yeah. It just goes down really nicely. It's actually kind of refreshing. Mm. So yeah, if you're going to go for an energy drink, which you really shouldn't, but if you're going to go for one, the Purple Monster is the way to go. Now, you said you really shouldn't. She started laughing, despite the fact I've got two ready and waiting. <laughs> this episode totally not brought to you by Monster. Unaffiliated Monster. Unaffiliated Monster. Yeah. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, Monster. Sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if we can get some of that Monster money, that's fine. That's I'm right. Or even just... Gotta get that Monster money. Q-track. it's just that Monster Munch money. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Monster Munch. Oh man, like I'm already hungry and you guys are not helping. Right, he he started it. <laughs> right? But if if it was sponsored by Monster Munch and affiliated Monster Munch, half the podcast would just be <laughs> How is it, right, that you're telling me you said to me yesterday you always get me in trouble on Twitter, Jay, and now you're saying to me you always get me in trouble on the podcast, Jay. No, no, I said on Twitter. This is on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. You get me in trouble on Twitter. Yeah, you just said just now. You always, I always get you in trouble on the podcast. No, I said Twitter. On the podcast, I can get myself into trouble. Thank you. Oh, that's all right. Then. Yeah, I was going to say. I don't you're, need you're any fully help. Capable of doing that all on your own, mate. <laughs> I'm fully capable of doing the equivalent of dropping my trousers over the uh, uh, radio waves. Right? Oh, over I'm, the radio waves. Yes, over the audio radio waves. <laughs> I'm quite, I'm quite capable of doing that myself. I don't need any help. Okay. I've seen all the tutorial videos. I'm good. <laughs> You know, I can get myself into trouble. I can dig my own hole, as it were. Why do I feel as though a tutorial video for how to drop your trousers on a podcast would be 15 minutes of intro, followed by the five seconds it takes to go, well, what you do is you wait till the halfway through a sentence, undo your, your trousers and take them down, followed by 15 minutes of, remember to hit that like and subscribe button. Oh. So you've seen the same video I have then. Yeah. Mm. That's my only problem with, with, well, aside from all of the rubbish stuff that goes onto YouTube, mm. um, my biggest problem with YouTube is just the amount of wasted time. Like and subscribe. That's it, like and subscribe. Mm. If, if, if Chief were here, he would tell us to tell you all to like and subscribe. He just said that as he was introducing himself, like and subscribe. He is Mr. Like and subscribe. Mm. <laughs> Remember to like and subscribe. <laughs> I can subscribe. What I'm eating dinner it's here. Even on my um, Twitch, for example, because I do stream on there from time to time, and I will be streaming a lot more when Shadowbringers drops. It's really awkward, like having because I'm. I mean, you guys know me. I'm the most awkward person known to man. And firstly, talking to myself for a while is awkward enough because it's like, oh god, I've got to fill the you know the dead air as much as possible so it's just like wow i'm literally sat here talking to myself but then every you know like finishing off a stream being like yeah you know i'd I'd appreciate a follow and a subscribe you know it's so awkward because i feel like i'm begging and i don't want to so i'm just like yeah cool um if 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 you like this then come back if you didn't okay fair enough (laughs) i'm just so awkward i'm not built for it you can't think of a better way to say it social underneath click whatever yeah i find it so incredibly awkward i mean props to the people that can say it with a straight face and not want to die of the cringe because i just (laughs) i just cringe inwardly doing the whole yeah you know thanks for watching my stream sort of thing that's fine i can do the thank you for watching thing 
but then the if you liked what you you saw please give you know please give a subscribe or a follow would be greatly appreciated that bit i feel really awkward over the last thing you want to do is die the cringe yeah exactly and and i cringe myself out on a regular basis so you know i'm surprised i'm not dead already (laughs) see i'm kind of used to the cringe i can cringe so my face cringes so hard it turns into a fist i was born in the cringe you really adopted it (laughs) <laughs> I say that about people with wireless pads. You see, you were born with wireless pads. I adopted it. Seeing from the other side of the coin, right? And I don't wish to disrespect or play down. Right alert. The triggering system has now been activated. All researchers and guards should take cover immediately. <laughs> what, what anyone does when they're streaming, but doing that, but also like streaming a programming topic, which is what I sometimes do. When I'm writing any kind of software, mm. I use it as almost like a kind of tutorial. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's how I'm going to do it. And I talk through it. So, like, talking through your thought process out loud to an empty room and occasionally looking over to the camera, hoping that there's someone on the other end going, yeah, I really need to know this. It's, just, it's, it's the weirdest experience ever. And then especially when three weeks after it's gone out live, someone will email me and go, you know, you got that bit wrong, right? And I'm like, well, why, why, why did you say when you were watching? Yeah. Help me out. Yeah, right. See, coming from a background of I've I've had a number of failed videos that went up on YouTube and were deleted straight afterwards of me playing games. What I tend to do is I try and channel what I do when other people are around when I'm playing games. Mm-hmm. I'm very vocal maybe, when other people are around when I'm playing games. When I'm by myself, dead silent. Well, maybe that's the thing. I wouldn't say failed because they were really good. <laughs> the videos that you put Still together were, actually, were really good. Um, including that little intro. Yeah, yeah, the videos you put together were amazing, right? You just, I don't think you had the, the confidence in yourself for people to watch them. So what I would say is, right, that perhaps doing those with another person, because it's easier. I, I did, mean, I did it with Chief. There you go, do it, doing it alongside another person and having that conversation, I'm talking to you, like what we're doing now, having, mm. I'm having a conversation with you guys, you're having a conversation with me about the stuff, and then people will listen if they want to. Maybe that's how you should do it. Well, what I tend yeah. to do, especially when... When I was playing Ready Zero before I ascended last year, internet-wise in Cakeland, um, I was remembering what I was doing, because I remember playing the game, but I was trying to remember the puzzles, and I was um, coming up with backstories for the characters, and just coming up with complete and utter bullshit, yeah. And saying stuff and yelling at them for not shooting, not going around the corner, and just, I think it's this, I think it's that. And I was just doing that, and it was just me. Here's Jeff, he's got the ruby that I need to get, and he yeah. is from um, Southern California. He likes mm. jelly and sharks, and occasionally going blur. Well, it was a case of I'd start off and I'd go, this time on, uh, I think I called it Resident Evil Love Island. <laughs> Billy Coyne, the ex prisoner with the stripy top. He still can't find his shoes, but he's got a gun now. You know, Rebecca's dressed in some sort of outfit, which is a step up from no sort of outfit. Um, she, has, she has a shotgun this time, and I was just doing stuff like that, and I go, right, let's get on with that, and I just go into it. I remember, I thought that was a brilliant joke. It's wearing some sort of outfit, which is a step up from no sort of outfit. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <That's> actually... <laughs> but I just do, I just go off the cuff and just keep talking constantly. Yeah, why not? 
But it's weird because if other people are here, I can do it. Yeah, if I'm by myself, I'm just silent. Yeah, I'm the same. Like It's easier for me to stream FF14 simply because I'll get my, my FC, my guild involved. Obviously, they know the rules and regulations around uh, streaming, which is, you know, certain language, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I've got... I, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I've got my channel set to mature content anyway, because at the end of the day, I'm playing with a bunch of adults. F-bombs are going to be dropped, you know? So it's like... <laughs> But, you know, certain other language is like, yeah, please don't, because I don't want my channel destroyed by Twitch going, no, be gone, thought. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So that's easy, because we're always talking about, you know, random stuff. Like, it's not even just stuff we're doing in 14. It'll be just random stuff. So that's easy to keep, like, the dead air off. But when I'm playing, like, I really want to stream the FF7 remake. And I'm hoping that I will be vocal enough on my own to be able to carry it because, you know, essentially when it drops, like, because obviously I am aware that they're going to be changing slight things here and there. And not only that, even (laughs) if they just did a direct remake, it's still a new experience because it's not, Hmm. you know, it's not the old PlayStation 1 graphics anymore. So there's going to be that to react to anyway and just the whole general look at my babies, they've had such a glow up, (laughs) you know, so it's just like, yeah, so I'm hoping that there'll be enough for me to be just like able to have as minimal dead air as possible. I mean, the only dead air that I would really prefer in that is when there's like cutscenes, for example. I'm one of those people that when there's a cutscene, I try my best not to talk over them because there's some people that can't play, but they're interested in the story. Hmm. And I think it's a bit unfair if I'm just wittering on over things that they want to hear. Hmm. So, yeah. I think the thing we all need to know is, will Cloud be dressing up as a woman? Apparently, Tetsuya Nomura has said from the first trailer back at E3 in 2015 that, yes, cross-dressing Cloud will be a thing. Yes! That's what we want to see. Because that was the big question everyone was asking. Is Cloud still going to put on a dress and a wig? And no, I'm not even apparently living for it. I am living to see that in like full HD. <laughs> I need it for reasons. <laughs> reasons that won't be said. No, no, not even reasons that won't be said. Just more of the. I just want to see it because it was such a wild little moment in FF7, which, if you look at it as a whole, the story's very serious. And then you've just got this random little off-the-cuff bit where your main character, who admittedly is a very serious, brooding character, is very focused, puts on a dress and a wig. And if you go to the Honey Bee Inn, they will put makeup on him. And I want to see that. <laughs> I think though in in the twenty tens or well when it comes out the twenty twenties, um, they'll have to be very very careful about how they do yeah. it because obviously they won't want to upset any of the LGBTQ plus community, which could quite easily be. Done. I'm not or saying the SJWs exactly right, and I'm not saying that uh, I'm not saying either of those groups are would be wrong in being upset about it. Mm. I'm just saying that it could be quite easily taken incorrectly. I mean, you just have to look at... The last time we recorded Squidge, we had the stupidity with Kotaku. Do you remember? When they went, oh my god, they're, they're saying retard in this song, and Nintendo are really bad for doing this. Oh, for Joker in yeah, Persona, for yeah. Persona 5. And it was like, A, they're not saying retard, and B, 
this the song the game that this song is taken from was released two years ago mm. and I mean I mean you and I agreed always good that Kotaku is it's 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 on it's the last breaths of its long drawn out death roll yeah mm. and it's a shame because Kotaku used to be really good mm-hmm. and it just seems now that they've been um, at least to me and this is my own personal opinion this does not reflect the opinion of waffling tailors so if you've got an issue about with what I'm about to say please take it up with me but it feels like Kotaku has employed a lot of people that are far too invested in clickbait and you've got too many SJWs in there that seem to be having their own little campaign about the video game industry. Now, I'm not saying that all SJWs are bad, but there is a select group of them that just seem that they want to have an opinion about things, even though they're not very educated on it, or they're just doing it because it makes them look educated on the subject matter. Looking at you, Sarkeesian, <laughs> Shots See, fired. That's the thing, right? You got to look at uh, what, what did Pratchett call them? The Me Tooists. Yeah, yeah. No, that's wrong because I don't want people to think that I mean the hashtag Me Too movement. Well, that's what Terry Pratchett called them. The, Originally, the people yeah. who stand around in the crowd who just go, "Yeah, Me Too," yeah. but not in that same hashtag Me Too movement. Yeah, just the people who are like they're on the periphery and they have no idea what's going on, but they agree because they want to see the fight happen. They, they, yeah. they agree because they want to see the fight happen, and they push forward, which goes to the front, pushes them forward, and then. The people at the front have to react, so they'll they'll go and start the fight. Yeah, you know. exactly. The world famous uh, mob. Yeah, because the, uh, they don't exactly. really know, you know what's going yeah. on, but they want to egg it on. Yeah, mm. and it's quite annoying. Like say, you know, turning back to Sarkeesian, I think my biggest issue with her in particular is that she will cry and moan about the video game industry, yet she doesn't play video games. So why is someone who does not play these video games that she is rallying against shall we say even having a voice in the matter because it doesn't it doesn't directly affect her she has Mm. no idea of the context behind why especially female characters look the way they do or Mm. you know it's like the whole thing with tifa lockhart let's use her as an example a lot of people see her she's in a little tank top she's in a short skirt and i imagine sarkeesian would be the kind of person that would latch onto that and go oh you're over sexualizing her and it's like yeah i can see where you're coming from but at the same time she's a monk she's a brawler wearing a short skirt i mean i would be fine if in the the remake of seven they gave her short shorts I would be totally fine with that mm. because it's a slight deviation from her original outfit. So there's no chance of the upskirt shot, but it's still kind of sticking true to her original. And again, being a monk slash brawler type, her attire makes sense. She needs to be able to move. I've never seen it as being over-sexualizing her because that's not her personality anyway. She's kind of a wallflower. Well, it's 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 two things. Well, I'll, I'll just go into two things on that. First of all, if the actual character, if you think she can't take care of herself, mm. or you think she can't take criticism, she probably just punch your teeth out. Yeah. Right. And secondly, as, as you said, it was more for manoeuvrability. It was the same thing where Resident Evil Three came out. Mm. Oh, Jill's in a in a blue tank top and scared. She has to escape from a city, so she's got to move light. Yeah. Be very quick and be able to dodge. Yeah. Now, I I, I don't wear a scare unless it's a Sunday, um, <laughs> and. You know, I, I don't have to escape the city anymore. So 
I can't say if that's the easiest thing to escape a city with. Plus, I'm not a woman, so I wouldn't know. But especially in Jill Valentine's case, if you've got a special trained agent who's saying, I need to pack light, I need to be able to run, pick up stuff and get out of the city alive. If she's going, right, I'm going to have a skirt, a tank top and a white jumper around my, my waist in case it gets cold. You know what? She's trained. I'm not. Go for it. Yeah, I mean... Anyone says otherwise, just shoot them. You know, you, you do you. This is the thing, like, you know, just bringing up Final Fantasy Fifteen for a moment here. The character Luna Freya, her character was absolutely destroyed by SJWs because there was a trailer where, before the game came out, obviously, so this was cut content, where you see Luna Freya as a child and it's implied that she's being abused by the Empire because of who she is and what she is. And personally, I would have liked to have seen that character arc where this young girl has suffered at the hands of this oppressive force and still come out a very strong, independent woman. Not just, you know, just a strong character, just a strong, independent woman that has risen above what has happened to her. She's not been a victim. She's used what has happened and used it to become a stronger person all around. And I will forever mourn not having that character arc Mm. because I think it would have been a great message to not just girls, but people in general who have maybe in their own personal lives have suffered similar obviously it's still a fantasy game so it's not the exact same thing but maybe they have been oppressed or they have been suffering in some way shape or form and then to see someone like her come out on top and be better for it and to rise above it i think that would have been a very positive message for a lot of people and it got ruined that's just my two pence on that sorry rant over (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well no I, I can i can totally understand it i mean as as a white man mm. you know i am never going to understand the issues entirely mm. in their entirety it, the the background to all of the i don't want to again i don't want to reduce it but the feminist movement i will never mm. understand the entirety of the history of it things like i can read about the suffragettes but i will never physically understand mm the troubles that they went through and the horrendousness they went through so that women could vote. I will never understand any of the equal rights movements because I wasn't there because I haven't, I don't have that background. I'm not, you know, to a certain extent, you know, if you are a white man or if you are a man, you will get treated better than any other group of people in certain areas yeah. of the world. And that's just, a, I can't, just how it is. I can't yeah. change that. And that's up to, uh, more intelligent people than me to figure out yeah. and that's just me making an observation I will never understand what it's like to be on the other side of that no. mm. but by the same token also everyone is allowed an opinion mm. but you can't just like I feel the same way as you Lulu you know, you can't just walk into a, into a situation and go I don't like this and I don't understand what's going on and I don't like it you know yeah. there is a you need to sort of try and... I'm not trying to defend the the over-sexualization of, of women. Oh, no, no, neither am I. Neither am I at all. But you can't attack a problem with logic if you don't understand hmm. how it got to where it is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I've, I've seen some people go after the very first Super Mario Brothers game. You know, Mario had to save... To, to shave? To, had to save the princess. Yeah, yeah. to shave her as well. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean... I, I, a lot of these, these storylines revolve around going and saving the princess, mm. you know? And... I don't understand the psychology of why the stories are written that way, but you have to look at Western and Eastern 
pop culture and stories all the way back to 300, 400, 500, mm. 600, 700 years ago, they are all go save the princess. Yeah. yeah. If you've got 700 years, no, even before that, with the Greeks, when they invented the, the tragedy and comedy, mm. the deus ex, the god in the machine, fixing it all. All of it is the hero goes and saves the princess. Mm. That's not me trying to defend that story. Like, I'm just saying there is at least 2,000 years of hundreds and thousands of these stories all told with the same story arc and as a society we're starting to change and that is a good thing mm. yeah but, but we've we've come to expect that from our stories mm. the same way with um the next time you watch a tv show don't pay attention to the characters and the story just pay attention to what's happening don't let yourself be drawn into the story don't mm. suspend your disbelief watch what's happening don't join in and you'll notice there's a three act storyline to mm. every single TV show or movie and as soon as you're able to do that the second you don't suspend your disbelief you know what's going to happen because all three act storylines have a similar trajectory every single one mm -hmm. of them and that is because that goes back 2,000 years back to the, the ancient Greeks again when they realised that human beings like things divided into three mm -hmm. so we'll have the beginning which is where you introduce all the characters and everybody introduces the world and you introduce all the rules for the story the middle where the action starts to ramp up a little bit and it ramps up and ramps up and right at the end of the second act the worst possible thing that could happen to the main characters happens mm -hmm. and in order for the main characters to grow because a story has to have growth as it proceeds for the main characters to grow the main character has to do something or learn something or go on a journey to be able to beat this horrendous thing that has just happened once they are past that the end of the third act is tying all the little knots together mm. um, and the character showing how they have grown let's look at uh, Star Wars for an example Star Wars is a perfect example of saving the princess in fact Luke's actual mission in the first half of the movie it's is the literally princess. that go save the princess mm -hmm. so Luke is your stereotypical American character he is a farm boy if you watch any movies from the 60s through to the mid 90s all of your main characters in most of the American movies are farm boys he's a farm boy he loses his parents that's a horrible thing to happen mm. he's then taken under the wing of a stranger and told let's go find let's get off this planet because we need to that ramps up that sort of uh, trajectory again. Mm -hmm. He then gets in with these smugglers who then get trapped and brought onto uh, a great big machine that destroys the planet. And then they decide they're going to go rescue the princess because, you know, they've, they've literally yeah. been told, come and rescue me. So that's your big thing that they need to go do. They rescue the princess, they get her back home and realise, oh wait, this big machine that's been destroying planets, it's going to destroy the planet that we're on. The most horrendous thing that could happen to the character based on the trajectory that they've had, yeah, mm -hmm. the planet that they are on and all of their friends are on is going to get destroyed. So they go off and they, they go into dogfights and they get into the planet and he's told, you don't need to use the technology, believe in yourself and you'll do it. And it's the act of having to believe in himself that allows him the growth that he's taken, the trajectory, the story that he's taken, and all of these things. I could swap the, the gendered nouns and it would still be a fantastic story. Mm -hmm. As much as people complained about... Um, the new Star Wars trilogy, or oh, so, uh, whatever they say. Well, they've seen one yeah. movie, the new one. Well, yeah, but you can swap the gender nouns and it's still a compelling story. Yeah. Mm. The main character then believes in themselves because of all of the journey that they've just taken. They then beat that most horrendous thing that they couldn't, that they knew they would never have been able to do at the beginning of the film, mm. therefore proving that they have grown. And then at the end of the film, they're rewarded for it. Mm -hmm. mm. That's your three act story structure. You look at any story throughout the history of pop culture and they all follow that trajectory. Mm. Mm. 2,000 years of storytelling, there's a lot of practice in 
the hero saves the princess. It's hard to break. Yeah, but yeah. there's nothing wrong with swapping those gender roles and having the princess, princess save someone else. Yeah. yeah, that is totally doable. But you also have to know that there are two thousand years. You can't just go this game that came out last week. I really don't like it, and it's horrendous and it's horrible. And I'm going to say this, and I don't mean don't mean it in this way because I don't. Like I said earlier, I prefaced it with I don't know the feminist struggles. It is anti-feminism because of these things, and I'm like. Yeah, well, yes, it probably is. I don't know. I don't understand the the issues that that feminists or the the, the LGBTQ plus community have had, or any other community, any community ever. I will never understand the troubles that they have had. So I can sympathise with that, but hmm. you have to acknowledge that there's a history, and at this point, a two thousand year history hmm. of telling stories. To say that Star Wars is sexist, the first Star Wars movie is sexist, is to say that the Bible is sexist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're going to piss off a lot of people when yeah. you say that. Oh, God, yeah. That's not me picking on religion. That's just saying the same thing as saying Harry Potter is sexist because Harry Potter is not Harriet Potter. Mm. Yeah, I'm not trying to reduce the issue there and I'm not trying to do anything other than point out that you have to realise that there's 2,000 years of history. And yes, we do need to change that. I'm not saying we don't need to. I just think that attacking it with this particular thing with no history on it is the worst thing ever. Mm. And like, um, okay, another bad example, Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Mm. <laughs> I agree. Now, looking back, I agree. Tomb Raider, Lara Croft as the big booped, tiny-hipped woman, she wouldn't have worked as a physical human being. No, no. And yes, there are people who have had done things to themselves to try and emulate the look and all that kind of stuff. That's another topic for discussion for another time, right? Mm -hmm. But you have to remember that during the production of Tomb Raider, the very first game, the original character was a man who used a whip, who wore a Stetson hat, and was from the Midwest. And And eventually was going to go save someone who happened to be a woman. And then someone in the legal department went, hang on, you're making Indiana Jones. You're not allowed to make Indiana Jones. That's not on, because we need to get the license. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't get the license, so they swapped the gender in the hopes that it would be different enough that people wouldn't go, hang on, I'm playing an Indiana Jones game here. Because it is essentially, it's an Indiana Jones game. And and somewhere in the the transfer of what's changing to a woman, someone increased the chest size by 150%. And they just sort of went, oh, let's just leave it like that. I'm, I'm not saying that's it's, originally how it how yeah, that happened. I'm, I'm not section, saying right? it's a good thing that happened at all. Mm. And I'm not saying that they should have done it. But the unrealistic side of it, that's but how it happened. You also have to look at popular culture at the time, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'm not saying it's an excuse, but popular culture at the time, you had there's a lot of things going on. You always have the movie stars who have to have. And I say that have to have a huge bunny quotes. Yeah, massive bunny quotes. Massive here. bunny quotes. To make it in Hollywood, you have to be beautiful. And that's massive bunny quotes and beautiful with an asterisk saying whatever it is you find beautiful. Yeah. Right? Mm. Because what you have to remember is that movies and video games are an escape from reality. Mm. We don't want to see normal people going through normal things. You would never find a 90-minute blockbuster film about someone sitting on their couch watching TV. No. Because it's not interesting. So you watch a story that allows you to escape the mundane and go on a journey with some people. Now, to make it visually appealing, you're going to pick actors and actresses who people want to look at for 90 minutes. Yeah. Hmm. Be that that they have compelling uh, acting ability or that they have an attractive look about them or they have some kind of star quality. And that's why all of these people in Hollywood use the word star quality, because it's not easily defined, Mm. that makes people want to see the film they're in. Mm. Mm. 
at the time in the 90s, we were still in a period of time where Pamela Anderson... I was just about to say yeah. that, yeah. Big boobed blonde lady who made it big because she had big boobs and was a blonde lady. Yeah. Let's be honest about it. I'm not defending that that had happened. I'm not defending that at all. But what I'm saying is that was the popular culture at the time. I mean, you even look at the British model Jordan. Yeah. You know, Katie Price. Despite my own reservations about her, she is a very smart businesswoman. She realised early on in her career that if she wanted to get ahead, that she would have to make changes to her appearance. And the first thing she did was she got a boob job. And within weeks of her having this boob job and being healed and ready to go in front of a camera again, she went from being just a normal page three girl to what we know her as now. And she comes across as being ditzy and stupid. She's clearly not because everything she's done, like from her her autobiographies, which I, I have other reservations about celebrities making autobiographies under the age of 30, even the under the age of 40, because it's like you've really not lived. But anyway, regardless, yeah. <laughs> she's written books about herself. She's had clothing lines, makeup lines, perfume lines. She is a smart businesswoman. And she's presenting herself in a way to the rest of the world where she is this typically, you know, and I say typically in the sense of like, we all know about blonde jokes. So that's what I mean by typically, you know, that she's coming across as this typically ditzy blonde woman because she knows that that persona sells. Yeah. I think that's pretty damn smart. There's one thing that I don't see very often, and the last thing I saw this happening, Mum, was um, Buffy, of all things. I'm a big Buffy mm-hmm. fan. Yeah. A TV show. And um, it's essentially the one of the side characters that are just there from, uh, like, co- comedic value or just to fill out the thing. It's when they either get a very specific episode to themselves or they end up saving the day. Mm-hmm. Very reluctantly, though. Um, I can't remember what it was, but there was. I was watching a TV show. It was an American TV show, and one of the side characters. They were very shy. They just went with the crowd. They'd offer help every so often, but you know, not much. And it got to a point where they they were informed that something was going to happen before it was going to happen. It was going to be really bad for the rest of them, and they had to make a split second choice. And completely against their character arc. They stood in front of the group and said, you're not doing it. It ended up in a fight. They didn't exactly win. They didn't exactly lose either. They went down swinging. But they stopped it happening, mm-hmm. the, this this major thing. And when that happens, especially on a TV show where, again, there's a there's a, a structure to it. They, they, something happens. You know, they, The intro, something happens. They research something happening. They stop it happening. Ending credits. When you have something that's completely different thrown in, it mixes it up. Mm. And I, I like the good mix-up, especially the person you don't expect stepping up and saving the day. And even better, just from my opinion, even better if the rest of them don't realise they've done it. And then they come back to Will later on and realise what they've done. And it sees me, they, they start to see the friend in a different light and maybe treat him a bit better. You know, that kind of thing. I just, I just, just little... 
little curve balls like that they don't happen very often but when they do if they're done right it really makes an impact mm. oh yeah but what you, what you have to realise is that you know TV is an industry mm. and as much as we enjoy watching TV shows movies as a escape from reality mm. it's a money making exercise mm. you know TV shows are primarily created to sell ad space to make adverts to make you watch those adverts right mm. which is why a lot of TV companies don't like that you can consume digital media that doesn't have the adverts legally or not like the DVDs Blu-rays digital downloads that are legit or if you go to a certain bunch of websites and you know access stream whatever any whatever kind of digital media you are consuming mm. most of the the companies that create the content don't like that because they're not getting the ad revenue they get mm. the revenue from you but it doesn't equal the ad revenue that they would get from you watching the TV show with the adverts mm. now a lot of TV companies could go and try and make a TV show that books all of those trends that doesn't have the love interest. It doesn't have the straight three-act storyline. It has the curveball stories. It has all of these kinds of things. But the problem is that if they did that, the advertisers wouldn't want to buy the advertising space because they wouldn't be able to show that people watch the shows. Mm. And that's the biggest problem. That's why all of these shows and, and movies and stuff that do those kinds of things are doing really well on Netflix. You know, Stranger Things is a perfect example of that. I mean, it does follow a three-act storyline structure, but it isn't it's weird. You would never see it. You would never see it on TV. Like, no, that kind of story would never get told on TV. No. Uh, Black Mirror for the for the first for the first three series worked on TV, um, yeah. but very reluctantly. Hmm. You know, uh, I, I read the book. Uh, the Bee recommended it back in in the January what episode? Hmm. The Inside Black Mirror book, and I've read it. And there are parts of the, of the the story of creating Black Mirror where um, Charlie Brooker out quite clearly states we weren't able to make any more episodes because Channel 4 didn't think that they could sell the advertising space. Yeah. And without the advertising space, we can't make the show. And that's literally... But it's done really well on Netflix. And mm. so has Stranger Things. And so has Orange is the New Black. These are shows that wouldn't make it on normal TV um, networks. Mm. Which is why a lot of shows are going straight to Netflix. Because you know Netflix are, are willing to shell out loads of money. Because they know that regardless of whether you watch the show or not, Switch... You're still paying your, well, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, nine, quid a month, eight, nine, 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 whatever the current price is mm. per month, regardless of whether you watch it or not. Mm. They don't get anything out of you watching it. They get they get the money out of you streaming and well, not streaming, but paying for the service, and then you saying to someone, "Hey, you should totally watch this show. It's on Netflix. Well, it's on Netflix. Well, you should totally get Netflix mm. and watch it." So, but one quick thing before we go screaming back to the uh, the actual plot. Yeah, because this is currently turning into the yeah. TV podcast. Sorry, um, <laughs> my bad. I read a recent poll. Now, this is obviously a, a strict poll. It doesn't represent everyone. But the, there was a recent poll put out among Netflix users, apparently, uh, collecting data and what have you. And apparently, 60% of all new Netflix subscribers this year would cancel if Friends was taken off it. And the thing is, these people are uh, classed as younger audiences, so millennials and stuff. They wouldn't have been old enough to understand when it was first aired mm. any of what was going on, and yet they would cancel if it was taken off of Netflix. And I found that really weird. These would have been the same people that complained to Channel 4 when they took it off the air of it as well. So mm. for our international listener, 
Yeah, you do. You're right, fella. <laughs> for our international <laughs> listeners, Channel 4 is one of the um, private enterprises that puts on TV shows in the UK, and they had friends on there for years. Um, and they, they let it be known six months before they were going to stop paying for the license that they weren't going to show friends anymore. And people complained in the, in their thousands. You know, by that time, you can go and buy the DVD. Which I have a set in there, and I yeah. don't need to watch it now because we're on Netflix. Exactly, right? Or now, yeah, you can watch them on Netflix. You know? mm. Yeah, they would have been the, the, the similar sort of people who complained back in the day, mm. hey, I'm going to trash my Netflix account because this one show I like is getting taken off. Yeah. But the, the other thing you've got to understand there is that because... Friends did so good, did mm. so well for NBC. Very few comedy TV shows that are well written last for 10 mm. seasons. Yeah. MASH lasted 11 seasons, but by the end of the 10th season, they were like, it's time to give Was up. it 11? Yeah, it was, it was 11, 11 seasons, yeah. right? Yeah. Big Bang Theory 13 now, I think. Yeah, but that's not a well written oh. one. As I'm trying mm. to think of, of well written sitcoms that have lasted 10 seasons or more and you can count them maybe on two hands I was going to say Supernatural for the cheese value yeah. uh, but that's, <laughs> shots yeah. fired but that's not a sitcom though is it that's the problem that's not a sitcom though. that's why I said cheese value no of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, and they don't last that long because no. you run out of jokes mm. it's that simple and that's the problem so because because Friends did so well because uh, Seinfeld's another example but that only lasted nine seasons and it was halfway through season eight when they went no, this is getting a bit silly now. We're going to have to stop because we've, we've run out. We're redoing ideas, guys. Mm. Because you do. You end up redoing ideas. Mm. And when it becomes that famous, and I mean, Friends is world famous. The Beatles used to joke that they were bigger than Jesus. I honestly think there are more people who know of... You put the Friends theme song on into a room full of strangers. They all start home in it. 98% of the people in that room will be singing that song. Even the bits they don't know brand recognition in it well yeah because it was that famous but the problem is because it's that famous NBC know that so then they could push up the price of licensing it yeah. which is why it left Channel 4 because they didn't have the money mm. to, to keep licensing a TV show that they weren't sure people were watching mm. and you know and that was fine Outro music is Behind the Lines by Ian Sutherland. Outro music is I Need You, Watashi no Sabate by GH. Palette closing music is Breathe Deep, Breathe Clear by Siobhan Gay. See the show notes for more details. The Waffling Tailors podcast is a proud member of the J&J Media Network. To find out more about J&J Media, head over to jayandjay.media or check the show notes for a link.